It is Wednesday night. I am Boxman. This is Dirt Sheet Dudes across from me. Sounding pretty damn good over there. Smart, how you doing? Well, when you start talking, it starts muffling out a little bit. So maybe lower just a little bit more and we'll see what happens from there. Um, but I'm glad you're doing well. I think I heard you say you were. We've got, uh, we've got a few things to get on into tonight. We're going to get into Raw. We're going to get into actually NXT TakeOver. Uh, we'll maybe do AEW Friday. I don't know. Maybe. I got a feeling we're going to do TakeOver Night 2 and uh, SmackDown. But who knows? So we'll see what's going on with that. Um, what do you think about that, Smart? Let's try it again. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Keep going. Keep going. What were we saying? 
Yeah, no, that sounds like a good idea. I'll just go ahead and do the second night, do some SmackDown. I'll probably end up watching AEW, so if anybody's insistent that we cover it, I'll have some things to complain about or praise, depending on how the show wins. Yeah, yeah, we might. We might have a few things. I'll try to check it out, but I mean, I just don't have the time. I'll, I'll do my best. I'll do my best to check it out. I can probably get a nice little condensed version of it and go from there. Uh, but uh, no big deal. We are, Like I said, we're going to get into that. We got some news. We got CM Punk's reaction. And I'll tell you what, before we get into anything, Smart, I got a little little thing I want to I wanna mention real quick to everybody. Am I? A while back, me and uh, Anthony reviewed a movie called Black Mass with, mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp in it. And um, we, uh, I believe it was Johnny Depp. I think Johnny Depp was in that. And um, I talked about my uncle being a lawyer in that movie for for one of the for the and uh, and Julie side of that that case. My uncle in Boston, um, Martin Lepo, was also on a case back in 1990 that was a 10 million dollar robbery where two gentlemen, two guys, walked into the museum in Boston and took 10 million in artwork to this day. There's, I mean, it actually was like two point something. There's a $10 million reward still on this. My uncle was the lawyer for that case. And there is a new documentary on Netflix called this is a robbery. The world's greatest art art heist. My uncle is narrating I don't know. This it's a four four uh, four night thing. My uncle is narrating tonight, and you see him in there in his office. So he is on Netflix for the next four days. Um, again, this is rob. This is a robbery. The world's greatest art heist. It's right there. It's in the new section. Check it out if you've got time. Uh, I think the first episode was fifty three minutes, so you're looking at about almost an hour an episode there. Um, but, uh, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm, it, it's pretty cool. I started watching it and then, um, I saw him like two times and I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's his voice narrating right there. So I started watching it, but, uh, NXT came on, but, uh, I thought it was pretty cool. And, I uh, just wanted to throw that out there before we did plugs. So I'm throwing a different kind of plug out there. Uh, right on. Yeah. I think if my, my uncle's voice narrating something, I would just immediately turn it off. <laughs> I have no beef with any of my uncles, but that's just, that's not something that I want to say I would sign up for. Well, I mean, he's, my, uh, my uncle's done some pretty big things. Uh, Who's that rapper? He, uh, Benzino? Is there a rapper named Benzino or something close to that? Yeah, Benzino, he is like the owner of the source. Okay. My uncle represented him in some court case in Boston. Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. That was that's. I just wanted to throw that out there. If you've got time, check that out. Um, let's get that thing up there if we can. Anyway, now, since accuracy matters, I did go ahead and check it out. Johnny Depp is in Black Mass. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was. Benedict Cumbersnatch is in there as well. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a. It's kind of a Whitey Bulger story. So, mm-hmm. you know, good stuff. And I mean, my family's been ingrained in South Boston for years, so. Mm. Not much I can do about it. I just I'm so glad I never got the accent. Oh my god. Oh, some, <laughs> sometimes I hear my parents talk and I'm like, mm-hmm. I got lucky. 
Uh, <laughs> I got pretty lucky here. So, um, real quick, let's go ahead and knock out these plugs, and we will get into, uh, I, you know what, let's go ahead and jump into NXT first, since that's kind of on everyone's mind, and we'll go ahead and knock that out real quick. So, let's go ahead and get these plugs going real fast. And I'm going to start out, of course, the high marks over there. That is cheap. Oh, wait, my whole computer just locked up, didn't it? I can still hear you. I can see you. Nah, yeah, give me one sec. My computer's locking up. I think it's from TMZ, the TMZ website. Give me one second. Let me try to get that closed down before I uh, start anything here, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, actually. I'm going to close damn Google. I'm, I'm still, you can still hear me, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that's a good thing. All right. Then I guess we can go ahead and start. I don't know if music's playing. Um, but let's go ahead and just knock out the plugs. Hi, Marks, Cheese Man, Mojo, G-Wiz. Y'all know where to check him out. Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt Network. Don't forget to double those T's. Metal Mitt Network. Check out those guys right there. That right there. And see if that helps. And, of course, uh, you can check out uh, how the High Marks right there. Sundays, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Once again, Metal Mitt Network. Two T's in Mitt. All right. And of course, the Bobby Anthem and the Bobby Blades on the Inhuman Experience. You want to definitely be checking out podcast. Anywhere else you get podcasts, you can find those guys right there. So definitely do that. And the Everything Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, always found on all the usual podcast platforms. And of course, Blog Talk Radio. Definitely, you guys can find them right over there. Just start typing in Everything Unscripted, and it'll pop right up for you. And of course, Steve Milan sharing the show. Definitely appreciate it. Find him over there, a review and movies, letterboxbox.com. And you guys can find us on Anchor, Spreaker, Spotify, Google, YouTube, TuneIn, Player FM, anywhere else you get your podcast from. Let it rip smart. Yes, sir. Monday is 8 30 on Metal Net with two T's. It's going to be at the end. Two T's at the end. It'll be a pair of We wonder if there's no like silent T's at the beginning. Mondays, 8.30, the Moment Podcast Network is Cheese on Sports with the Cheese. Man, Sunday, it's 10.30 a.m. The Metal Podcast Network also right there on the Mixler device. Be sure to check out the Modex, the Machine Guns, and Fast. Never, never. Be sure to check out our friends at Planet It's Planet Rack into a podcast with Papa Dave Sincere, Bobby Anthem, and Yuck Nasty. However, Yuck Nasty has said some very negative things about my city and sports team, so I would recommend you turn down the value, Matt Park, specifically. But other than that, they're all great guys. So go ahead and be sure to check them out. 16 episodes are available for you. Be sure to subscribe for season two. You boys and your sports. My God. Mm-hmm. Oh. The sports ball rivalries never end. I know I'm just not that guy. Just not that guy. But uh, I don't know. My, my my dad was never a sports guy. My I don't remember my grandfather on either side being sports guys. Um, it just kind of never. I don't know. Was never me. I just never had sports guys in the family, so it just never hit hit down to me. I guess I don't know. There so you go. that's kind of interesting because you know, like you were saying. Having some Boston lineage, they're very passionate about their sports over there. Well, the baseball was a different thing. I did. I remember being a kid going to uh, going to Wrigley Field, going to Boston games. Baseball, my parents still like, but that's the only sport really, and they don't really like follow follow it. They'll like 
oh, the Red Sox are in the World Series. Let's watch. Rah, rah, rah. And that's really it. You know, <laughs> it's not like hardcore. Into the Wrigley Field? I think that's what it was when I was a kid. I don't remember the name of it when in I was Boston? a kid. In Boston? Is, no, you're right. Wrigley yeah, Field. Wrigley Field uh, is the Cubs. Oh, God. I can't So remember. that, like, particularly perked my ears. I was like, wait, Fenway. Oh, Fenway. That's the one I meant. Yeah. No, no worries. I would actually, I would love to go to either one of those. Mm. I remember. I remember many times going over to Fenway and having a good time over there, man. So, but uh, I was young. I mean, I remember I left Boston when I was six. So, you know, when right. I moved to North Carolina. So, was, uh, but I do remember doing that because uh, I remember there was one game, this guy, we didn't know he was in front of us and he just kept handing me back those, you know, roasted shelled peanuts. I think I got sick when I got home. But like bags of peanuts, or was he just like giving you handfuls of fish? Just handfuls. I guess my dad knew him because he didn't tell me to stop. Yeah, I was gonna say that seems particularly kind of sketchy. Like, uh, I don't blame you for taking him as a kid, but if I was a parent, I'd be like, hey, no, no, don't, don't eat those. I always figured my dad knew. I never, I never asked, but I mean, you know, my dad was still a cop back then, and you know, okay. so I, I figured. He, I, I just never asked. I, I don't, you know, I was young. I just never asked. I, I, I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, uh, <laughs> I get it. I was a kid at one point in my life as well. I mean, we all were. We all were. We all, all were kids. All forgot shit. Still, I'm still forgetting shit today. So, but uh, anyway, um, yeah, I guess we can. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest. I got minimal notes for uh, takeover, but I do have to remind everybody of one more thing. Smart, you know what today is. What is it? It is National Beer Day, sir. Um, I've got a Coors Light cracked and ready. So I've been already taking a few pulls. So it is National Beer Day as well as to uh, take over night one for NXT and stand and deliver. And uh, man, hell of a show. Two hours went by pretty goddamn fast with commercials. Mm-hmm. I thought. Um, Ooh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So you, you had the version with commercials, yes? It had a lot of picture-in-picture, picture, but it did have a few commercials, yeah. Okay. I ended up catching the non-commercial version. Ooh, so you, was watching on, you were watching on Peacock? Mm-hmm, the commercial-free. Oh, I have not uh, side-loaded Peacock on the old uh, Fire Stick. I'll do it tomorrow so I can watch. Um, I guess I'm going to have to put it on the computer, too, because... Uh, just let everybody know. Well, I forgot to mention it when we we're plugging the high marks, but I believe we're going to be doing Sunday live with them um, mm-hmm. for the uh, night two of WrestleMania. So uh, stay tuned for that also. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a good start. We got a guitar solo from, I believe that was Nita Strauss, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Malice Cooper. They didn't mention that on commentary. So yeah. And never mentioned, I, I mean, I saw an article a few days ago, I thought saying, you know, this they it was really quick when they asked me to do it, but I don't know. Meanwhile, good shit, kind of Jimi Hendrix style national anthem, pretty cool, pretty cool. Always like some guitar, and um, I mean it wasn't the Bobby anthem; it was the national anthem, but it was still cool. Yeah, I would listen to that as well. Well, the Bobby on guitar. <laughs> He's more of a uh, hip popular artist, but I just rather hear Bobby talk than be on guitar. That's true. <laughs> just, just have a nice little beat behind him, let him talk out the national anthem. 
I think I think the dream goal here is like to manage to save up a couple hundred and just pay him to like put out a tape of just an hour of like affirmations and be like, oh, you're doing pretty good for yourself, big guy. Hang in there. I don't know, man. You know, just walk, go in there, like I said, put the beat behind him, let him just have that little, just talk, talk it out, just follow the snail trails to the hotel. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I always pictured, do you remember that scene in Private Parts, the movie Private Parts, uh-huh. where uh, the lady is talking to Hearthstone on the phone, she ends up like sitting on the speaker mm-hmm. and uh, getting her kicks, as it were. I just, I picture just any time, like, I just picture women doing that anytime about these speaks, like on the podcast. Turning down the treble, cranking the bass, and just enjoying, mm-hmm. enjoying. I can see that. Can He's see a that. verbal washing machine. <laughs> He's better. Better than a goddamn washing machine. Uh, but any... <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, I guess we can get back to this. Like I said, we actually get started on this. Um, cool intro, though. Big smoking skull in the back. Yeah. Triple H loves his skulls. Mm-hmm. Remind me a little bit of that old Survivor Series set. Ah, uh, all right. Yeah, I know what's Deadly one. Game. Was that the name of it? Sounds right. Yeah. That Deadly Game right. was that when they did the title tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're right. I do remember now, but uh, cool little intro. Um, We start out with Pete Dunn versus Kushida. And um, let me just look. I don't need to be a fan of Pete Dunne. I, I don't like what he does really in the ring. I know he's good. I just don't like the finger manipulation bullshit. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what. This match started off hot, and it it stayed that way, man. It fucking stayed that way. Kushida just using his speed, done concentrating on body parts. Not that Kushida does didn't concentrate on a lot of body parts, but just. I, I just enjoyed the living hell out of this match, man. It was a great start, I thought, to this fucking night. So what'd you think, man? For sure. Yeah, definitely. I like the uh hovered the you did the hoverboard block on the top rope and yeah. then just kind of fell backwards. They were saying they did a good job of explaining why it was he did that in commentary because his goal was to knock the wind out of him, make it harder for him to get get his composure to try to fight out of it. And you know, it, it looked really good. I like the way that it ended up coming off. It looked wonderful. I, I think it was a really good match outside of just, like you said, I'm not really down with the whole joint manipulation thing either. And unfortunately, that played a big part to the finish. Yeah. So outside of that, really good, though. Yeah, and, and th- that pretty much was the finish, where uh, Dunn mm-hmm. Dun wins by finger sp- spreading, fingering. <laughs> uh, proper fingering, yes. Well, he did that, and then I think he kicked like him like a super kick or like kicked him in the back of the head. Does he think? I mean... Was he finger fingering, finger banging, finger manipulating? All of them sound bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, not PG at all. Let's just say Pete Dunn wins. Uh, <laughs> how's that sound? God damn it! Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good to me too. Pete Dunn did win that match again. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I I I can respect what he does out there in the ring. Just don't really care for the whatever you call that thing that he does. Yeah. No big deal. Doesn't take me out of the match at all. Um, I'm going to pull the chat room up here. I just realized I don't even have it pulled up yet. But uh, kind of a late start tonight. But uh, next thing we have was the number one contender, Gauntlet Eliminator match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Ruff and Swerve starting off, the ma- off this match and another fucking 
Just a fucking fire start to a match. These guys just were killing it out there. I'm looking forward to this being a continued feud, which it looks like it's going to. I'm really looking forward to what these guys can do. Not only in the ring, but they neither one of them are bad on the mic. So a lot to look forward right. to. They sort of planted those seeds because you had Ruff kind of just rolling out there, crawling. He was feeble, hobble. Sort of, I guess, ended up taking advantage of him in the back. That that sounded way worse than I intended it to. Those line of words together was, uh, yeah, it's unintentional innuendo there. But that being aside, it was it was a good start there with that. Yeah, I definitely thought that was a great start to the night. I mean, just oh, not to the to the match. I'm sorry. Um, and I mean, just these guys were just getting some great spots off on each other. And I, like I said, I I can't wait to see the feud continue between these guys. Then we get Bronson Reed coming out, Spark. Mm-hmm. And uh, Reed comes out. And Ruff just, Reed isn't even the ring yet. Ruff dives off the fucking rope. Reed just catches him and throws him, just whips him into the fucking ring. Mm-hmm. That was uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and I'm, I'm going to kind of highlight. I got the same thing for Raw kind of highlighted. Uh, Reed with an awesome belly to back to both of those guys before Cameron Grimes came out. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That was pretty nice. I just like this. I was a little surprised. I mean, I will go ahead and say I was a little surprised that Reed won, but that's going to be a cool dynamic to see the, again, we're going to have the big guy versus the high flyer out there. So, and Johnny's not a complete high flyer, but you know what I mean. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd imagine that's probably how there's going to work it, though, is he's going to use his speed uh, versus Reed's power. So it'll definitely play into it. Yeah. Absolutely. And like I said, Cameron Grimes is coming on down, Smart. Your man. Your boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the idea of him just like immediately coming in and just paying Swerve to work with him. Like, <laughs> all right, we're forming an alliance. Like, it makes sense. It did. And actually, they ended up being all three of them because they were all three keeping him away from the, I, I like Bronson Reed out of the ring. But I did like Cameron Grimes just coming in, boom, moonsault right to fucking Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't even have time to take off the vest. Just straight on into it. Nope. Just bang. Hits him with that shit right there. But like I said, they were all three of those guys were keeping him out of the ring. Swerve was mainly the one keeping him out of the ring. Um, and then Dexter Loomis comes out and distracts uh, Ruff enough to get pinned. Mm-hmm. So Swerve gets the first pin by pinning Ruff for the first elimination there, Smart. Not... Uh, not so sure I mind Ruff being out early. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't think anybody really anticipated that he was going to win. But I, I felt like, you know, he was just kind of there to serve a purpose and to kind of get a spot in here and a spot in there and just kind of be used the way that Reed used him, just kind of fling him along and make it look nice. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Loomis and Reed, though, that was a fun little little exchange between those guys. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I wouldn't mind seeing a... I think we're going to get a something between them down the road. But uh, that was pretty cool right there. Now, here's where the match took a downturn for me. L.A. Knight came out. <laughs> With a microphone. Uh, he said something. I wasn't fucking listening. I tuned out completely. Um, he basically just like made lame puns based on their name or gimmick. Mm. The one thing I know. He even he- hit like one of those like honeymooners, I think it was, where it's like, oh, straight to the moon. Where he's like, oh, 
Cameron Grimes, you're talking about you're gonna you got money straight to the moon. Well, I'm gonna boot your ass to the moon. Yeah, and that's about enough of you, buddy. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. But it was, I, I, the one thing that he said that confused me though is when he was like, "Let me help this basically piece of crap to the back," and he kind of kicked Bronson, and I was like, "Wait a minute, did Bronson get eliminated and we didn't see it?" Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, whoa, whoa. And then he ended up, Bronson was back in the ring. So I'm like, this guy, uh, fucking L.A. Knight can't even fucking know. He doesn't even know what he's talking about, this asshole. No. But he did eliminate Loomis, which, whatever. Um, And then Reed really just pinned L.A. LA Knight quickly after that. Um, Loomis was outside the ring like he knew L.A. Knight was about to be out next. (laughs) And just just locked in. What was that move called? Uh, Silence? Yeah, that's his like little submission hold yeah. finish. Yeah, put him to sleep. It was pretty cool to see that. And then we're so that means we're down to Swerve, who again started off the match. Grimes and Reed. Um, mm-hmm. Swerve did get Grimes out of there pretty quickly. The, the this match went like I said. The flow of this show was amazing, and the, I think also I think the match placement on this show made it made it really good too because. I mean, there was a. This went from follow that to follow that to follow that. It was I, that's just the way I thought this show went. But I think, yeah. Because I don't know, I lost trans. Sorry. Yeah, a little, little, little muffled there. Um, but uh, like I said, Reed and Swerve was really cool to see too. Now it was kind of the, that high flyer versus the the big man and a lot of offensive by Swerve, but he just couldn't pin Brunson Reed. He hit that fucking splash off the goddamn top rope. And uh, there we go. Reed takes it. Gargano versus uh, Brunson Reed tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Yep, for the uh, North American Championship. I took a I mean, this was like a three-week event to get to this match. <laughs> mm-hmm. More or less, yeah. I gotta ask you: Was this match worth three weeks of a wait? I'll say yeah. I, what I will say, what I was gonna say that I, I appreciated that they did was I don't know if they had always planned it this way, and I just lost it within like the eight pages that they put out to explain the rules of the first match that led to the second match that led to the third match. But I wasn't aware that they were going to do the format like this, where they're having another person come in every couple minutes in an interval. I thought it was that going to be like a regular straight up gauntlet match. I'm actually glad that they did this this way because I feel like a regular sort of gauntlet match just can be a little bit tedious where it's like, you know, nothing important is going to happen for a sizable chunk of the time. But when you have everybody in there at once or you have multiple people in there at once, it makes things a little bit fresher, a little bit more exciting. So I like that element of it. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a Royal Rumble, but a little bit, a little bit, but it was still. Overall, I think it was a, a a pretty damn good match. Waiting three weeks for it, eh? You could have just thrown these fucking guys in a match one week, and it would have been fine with me. I, I'm not sure this was worth a three week wait. To be honest with you, I'm just, just trying to be honest here, man. Just 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 trying to be honest here. I just don't think it was a. Uh, I don't think this was a. a th- just my opinion. Just my opinion. But definitely not a bad match. Um, and a good lead-in for this next match, Mark. Uh, again, I, I I took very minimal notes tonight because most of these matches were just so good. I I just wanted to watch them. 
I just, I just wanted to watch a lot of these matches. So, but we had the NXT UK Championship match, which was uh, you're getting a little fuzzy. There you go, you stopped. Which was uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Walter. Now, this match, Mark, started off intense, just with the fucking announcements of both of these guys being in each other's face. Yes. I, I I mean, literally, it was, I, I loved the intensity before the match even started. Referee just like, guys, 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 let her fucking do her job. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Quit being fucking pricks here, you fucking selfish, goddammit bastards. But uh, yeah, love the intensity right there. Um, but like I said, not a lot here. Just two hard-hitting motherfuckers laying shit in from start to finish. Uh, again, I said I thought uh, Champa was going to have a bloody chest leaving this match, but I thought Walter was going to have the bloody chest. His chest was red as shit, man. <laughs> but uh, once again, Smart, this was a uh, this was a true follow that motherfuckers match with Walter retaining. But I fuck this match was just everything I expected it to be and more. So, what you got? Uh, once again, I was like, kudos to the commentary team. They're actually doing what they're supposed to do for, for once, I suppose. Because you had them pointing out that Walter had the belt for about over two years now. And the last time there was a champion in WWE for over two years, it was like all the way back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. They didn't elaborate as to who, but that's sort of not important. But anyways, and I also appreciated the fact that uh, they even mentioned that Chapo was going back to wearing tights. And it was like his way of sort of rewinding time and trying to be as close to the old champ as possible, which was kind of what he was playing on in the promos before, that he hasn't changed and he's still as dominant as he's ever been, you know, so on and so forth. So that was good. I, I didn't have a problem with the match at all. I really liked it. I just thought that they could have given him a little bit more time. Like, they gave them a good amount of time, but it was just, just a little bit more I thought would have made it even better. Yeah. I see. What, I mean, I I thought it was a, and I, I I don't know, man. Like I said, the placement I thought was great for these matches, especially the next match that we're about to talk about. I thought it was a perfect match to have after this one because again, this was a go ahead follow that match. Uh, but, but, but I mean, come on, yeah. Champa is just a a fucking general, a ring general, and Walter, he's not where he's he is for no reason at all, just because he's a big guy. He's talented as hell and a great fucking wrestler and lays shit in just like Ciampa. So great fucking match with these guys. I'll tell you that. Meat slapping on me. Well, yeah, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> you never go meat to meat, but, you know, sometimes you can make it exception. Well, you know. Anyway, the next match that I was going to say had great placements, Mark. <laughs> was, um... Great placement, indeed. Great placement was uh, this goddamn tag team uh, championship match, this three-way, this triple threat tag team match. Uh, Wild and Mendoza of Legado del Fantasma, Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK. I mean, coming off that last match, the the intensity, the just everything about that match, just the technical genius of that match and everything. And then you come off that and you're like, man, well... Who's what? Who's gonna follow that? I'll tell you what. These guys went out there and said, "Okay, now follow that," mm-hmm. because these three guys went out there and fucking killed it. In my opinion, man, great fast-paced match. 
Uh, I like the little spot with uh, MSK. You had Carter and Wes both in the submission moves. And, Car- and Wes is about to tap out. And Carter, he, I, I know he missed his hand in the beginning. But let's let's forget about it and try to just... <laughs> it's a thought that counts. Let's just make pretend it worked perfect. Because it was still a cool little thing to see with Carter catching his hand before it went down into the submission. But his hand never hit the mat. It did hit the... It hit his forearm. So it's not like the ref had to be like, uh, <clears throat> so, <laughs> but I thought that was a cool spot. And I'm really got to say, I'm a little shocked. They gave MSK this tag team champions, man, new tag team champions. Just after winning the Dusty Cup, I just didn't think they would pile something on top of that without giving them a little more of a, I don't know, maybe breather off of that. Is uh, not sure how to put that. I, I maybe that's a I go ahead. What you're saying they like to sort of you like stop start with pushes for a lot of people. They like to pull people down a little bit and, and give them things to chase, you know. Like you, I don't think they wanted to, or I think what you were going for maybe you just thought that they might not have wanted to have them win right off the bat and give them a little bit of a something to strive for, but. I'm not too surprised. I thought it was either going to be them or uh, a little young veteran. So either way, you know, yeah. I don't think you go wrong with that. I, I liked. I was actually going to mention that spot with the catching his hand, not letting them tap out. I like the other one where they did the little. Uh, he held Wesley's hand at the corner, mm. and the other guy drop kicked it, and he basically just messed his hand up. There was a lot of like hand related offense. Because you had, uh, we were talking about the Kushida Pete Dunn match, but that's what he always does. But then in the Champa match, Champa was uh, working on Walter's hand. I think he was in the, at the beginning, like messed up his wrist because yeah. they were putting over how he couldn't like strike him the way that he normally does. So there was a lot of hand based offense tonight. So if that's your thing, then you're going to be in hog heaven. Yeah, but you see, I didn't mind it in this match because Wesley was out for a few weeks because of a hand injury. Right, yeah, no, it plays in perfectly. I'm not, I'm right. not criticizing. I'm just saying it was an interesting theme that that was sort of the <laughs> the way of the night. Hmm. Yeah, they wouldn't just going out there and playing with his fucking fingers. Right, no. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, and you know, the more I thought about it as I'm watching the next match, I'm kind of thinking, you know, they did play all those kind of heartfelt things with the guys from NS, uh, MSK going out there a little bit, you know, just kind of, I, I, we played it, just putting their emotions on their sleeve, talking about their families and coming yeah, into the business and that. Talking about going to those shows with his dad, right? His dad passing away. Yeah, they've been very. I, I, I'm pleased. I'm not using this as a pun or anything. They've been all in with MSK though, since they got <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I I saw. I forget who said it. I forget what group it was in. But someone said. MSK is what NXT needed to breathe life back into the uh, tag team division. I, I I just saw it on Facebook. I, I wish I knew who to credit for it. Uh, if, if I'm not taking credit for it, but I got to agree with that sentiment because not that the NXT tag team was bad, but I mean, the women were way overshadowing the tag team division at one point, way overshadowing. And now I I think the tag team division is being a little more concentrated on. I'm a huge fan of the tag team wrestling, so always a good thing for me. Like when someone said Morgan Birch kind of fell by the wayside because they were sort of supplemental character. Yeah, yeah, you were a little underwater there, but you're good now. 
Mm-hmm. No, I was just saying that it wasn't that the, that the tag team championships are bad or anything, or the tag division wasn't bad, but you had Lorcan and Birch holding the titles, and they were sort of the supplementary characters for you know, what Pat McAfee was doing. They were his henchmen and his cronies, so it was like the whole kind of division was put on the back burner a little bit for that time. Yeah, and now, like I said, I believe I, I feel like they're all in on the MSK thing, which I'm loving. I, again, I didn't see much of these guys with the Rascals. I never claimed to. Wasn't still not a, watching Impact. I haven't watched it in a long time. But these guys, man, are really good. They got great in ring presence. Like I said, I'm not crazy about the the one guy. I'm not crazy about Carter's look, but uh, together. Those guys are a fucking a great force and a great team to watch, man. Just always exciting to me. So, but uh, like I said, I, I, I'm glad they got the uh, the titles. I, I think it's a good thing. And uh, let's see what they do with them from here. I see them going to the main roster a lot faster than uh, than a lot of tag teams do. And I got to tell you, I'm not as worried about those guys. No, I don't know. Me neither, because I feel like they just need that dynamic. They mm. need like, just leave them alone. Sort of younger guys, high flyers, yep. something that everybody can kind of get behind. The younger people, some of the older people, like it just you know, and they're not bad looking guys either. So it's also for the women. It's just everything. They they reach a wide spectrum of audience. Absolutely, absolutely. So I don't know, man. Happy for those guys. We'll see what happens from here with them but uh like i said i do see him moving up and for the same reasons you just said i'm not as worried about it as probably i usually would be with a lot of tag teams god damn it otis <sighs> tucker poor tucker tucker hey now he, he, he's it's not all it's not over for him yet he's gonna be on smackdown friday tucker He's resurfacing in the Andre the Giant Memorial Network. Oh, lucky him. Um, <laughs> and by the way, before we get out of here tonight, we probably should do the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, predictions for night two of NXT. We'll do that before we get out of here. Actually, we'll do that. Uh, why don't we do that right after this? And then we'll get into, we'll skim through Raw. Okay, sounds good. So, we'll do that. We only got one match here left with NXT TakeOver anyway. Stand and deliver. Anyway. Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Now, I was looking at the time. Yeah. Uh, you did, this, did you do the same thing? Yeah, like, if I remember right, it started at, like, 10 minutes to the hour. Mm. There was about 10 minutes left in the show. And that's when, like, the announcements were wrapping up. The bell was ringing and the match was starting. Right. Exactly. And I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is going to have to be a pretty fucking good match or this is just going to be just Raquel beating the shit out of Io Shirai. So we kind of got the opposite, though, Mark, in this match. Yeah. Um, Io was just really unexpectedly dominating for most of this match kind of you know they they were kind of saying on commentary from what i heard i didn't have the headphones on that she was using her speed a lot and that that's kind of what it what was happening in this match is she was just too fast for raquel to catch but i didn't expect her to be so dominating in the match um or a fucking dive off that goddamn smoking skull at the top of the ramp that sounded 
violent. Ugh. Like, it just sounded like it hurt both people, like, pretty bad. I don't know if she... Uh, her knee hit that fucking grate pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Pretty I mean, you just hard. hear a pretty loud smack. It's yeah. like not entirely sure what it was that caused that. Or like what the, you know, like you said, the knee. I couldn't really see what body part was in the most peril. But yeah, this is one of those where you're definitely going to be hurting the next day. Yeah, yeah. And she should be, man. These two really did great in this match. And I was very, very happy for Raquel to be the new women's NXT champion. Um, all that EO did just didn't work. Uh, Raquel pulled it out. Another one, man, kind of n- not new, but I mean, it's only been about a year, right? Yeah, more or less about a year. More or less, because you got to remember just, you know, a couple of, a few, like a month or two ago, we were just talking about it had been just a year since the Dakota Kai turn. Right. So it's coming up on a year, and again, they're, they've been all in with this girl too, man. And I mean, they really haven't didn't start using her like on a regular basis outside of just being sort of muscle um, up until like the end of last year, really, was when that feud with Ripley started. So, yeah. And it seems like they kind of had her in this match and we're like, all right, I'll tell you what, we'll let you pay your dues in the match and then you're going to win. Oh, that's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good deal. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But uh, really. Really thought Takeover Night One was a great fucking start. I cannot wait until tomorrow, to be honest with you, to watch Night Two. Um, just, just a really good show overall. I would ex- now. I know what everyone's going to say. I'd expect this to definitely beat AEW in the ratings. Let's not forget, Smart. You obviously know because that's how you watched it. Peacock was also streaming this, mm-hmm. so. If they tank in the ratings, let's not laugh. Let's not bitch. Let's not complain. Let's just say, oh, yeah, it was on Peacock, which a lot of people probably got and want to go ahead and get their money's worth. Sure. And they were also, I mean, they were also touting, you know, commercial free experience, which is interesting because it seems like it kind of undercuts USA, where it's like, no commercials here, boys. And, And to sort of explain what it was that happened. The only thing that like I noticed that was kind of different than normal was just that they would drop the audio when they went to commercial because they would say in commentary, oh, you know, go to commercial and watch on Peacock. No commercial. So they would drop the audio for a minute. And that was weird because it uh, like sounded like how they do when somebody swears and you're not supposed to. So you <laughs> just get that like couple of seconds of just dead air. And then they like rejoin the commentary. Like, they, they talk, they do the commentary while they're on commercial now. So, like, if you're watching on Peacock, you still get commentary, but you just get a little bit of an audio drop for a second or two, at, you know, when they go on break. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, I thought that they were going to win because just how loaded the card was. But like you said, there's two factors. is the fact they're sharing viewership with Peacock. And at the very end, because it was like they announced this, like, Monday or Tuesday, AW was like, we got Mike Tyson. And I could just imagine Triple H being like, God damn it. <laughs> like, we had this show fucking planned. We actually booked weeks in advance for once. We were going to win this week, and you fuckheads. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, I you're right. And you know what? They may still. It, yeah. Anything's possible, man. May, may, people may have just been like, fuck it. I've got, I've got fucking network TV. I might as well sit out here and watch it. 
so I mean, it's WrestleMania weekends or WrestleMania yeah. weeks. Week. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if everybody was sort of riding that wave of momentum. Yeah, I mean, you never know. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit Friday, but um, let's go ahead and knock out these predictions for night two, real quick. Let's do it. Let's, let's do that, sir. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, we've got the tag team match. We're going to start off with for the women's tag team championship for NXT. That's going to be Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way, Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, who, Jesus, lately she's looking like Indy Hotwell. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. My yeah. God. She, I'm telling you, man, every week she just, it's like, they, she just goes, okay, let me try this. And it's just, it's working. It's working. My God. Anyway, uh, who do you think is going to win Smart? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the champs. I'm going to go with uh Shotzi, I'm really, right. I'm really interested in seeing what happens because uh, Shotzi was talking about having saw the problems. I posted a thing about her father not, yeah. not being in a good condition. He's in hospital. He's apparently very kind of sick. So it's like, it's, I give her, oh, here we go. Uh, she put it on Twitter. It's been a rough week. I've never been this heartbroken. My stepdad is in a home, is in a coma after two months. Wow. So she's had to go through a lot. And I mean, I would give her all the credit in the world just for showing up. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, that is it's impressive, the kind of sacrifices. They always like to talk about the sacrifices they make, but that is, you know, you can see it, see the kind of sacrifice she's making. So I'll give her all the credit in the world just for showing up. But right. I think they're going to win. All right. So you've got uh, Ember and Shotzi. Okay. Okay. You've got them mm-hmm. retaining. I actually think that they're uh, gonna keep the belts on the way, and um, or put the belts on the way. I'm sorry, uh, I, I was looking forward to the two matches ahead. I'm gonna go with the way on this one. I'm gonna have to uh, have to disagree with you a little bit, Smirk. There you go. Like it. All right. So. That's the first one there. We got a ladder match to determine the undisputed NXT Cruiserweight champion. It's going to be Jordan Devlin, who is the Cruiserweight champion, versus the interim Cruiserweight champion, Santos Escobar. So, and he's going to, don't forget, Escobar is going to be down there with the rest of uh, Legato Del Fantasma. So, I got to admit, I have not seen a lot of this Jordan Devlin guy. So I'm just going to have to go with Santos Escobar just for lack of <laughs> lack of my own knowledge. Yeah, I mean, I've seen a little bit of him because, you know, he had, he had the match with Finn, but uh, I'm going to go with Santos Escobar, too. I mean, there's no real, I don't have any sort of real in-depth reason as to why. I just don't think it's time yet. All right. There we go. Right there. So the next match, we've got the singles match. This is for the NXT North American Championship. And I'm I'm just thinking they're just going to keep it on Gargano. I don't know if Theory gets involved or what, but I got a feeling Gargano is going to sneak or, or eek, whatever you want to say, out a win against Bronson Reed one, one way or the other. I think all of the way is going to be draped in gold, sir. Except except Austin Theory, and I think that's going to be a a bone of contention for him. Perhaps, perhaps. I'll go ahead and agree with you on this one. I'll go with Gargano, too. All right. All right. So you're kind of going to 
Yeah. Against my my storyline, but you're going with my pick. I got you. I got you. Yes. All right. All right. Now we get this. Uh, you know when I know these two are going to be separate because it's the way they announced it tonight. I'm going to go ahead and go with the. Uh, they had number one as Finn Balor, and but um, let's or let's go ahead and do that now. Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross. This is for the NXT Championship. Uh, do they? I mean, do they go ahead and just give it to Cross now? Do they make him wait? Remember, he never lost that title, so I could see him going ahead and being like, "He never lost a fucking title. Let's give it back to him." So I'm going to go ahead and go with Karrion just for that reason. I'm going to go that way too. The only the only reason I could see him not winning is if they plan on just immediately moving into Raw or SmackDown, which I wouldn't be surprised by either. But I, I don't think that they're going to do that, so I'm going to go right. ahead and say that he wins about that. You're going with Carrie and going ahead and get, taking it from Finn. And, you know, you also got to think about they're moving to Tuesdays. All yes. right? They're going to want a little shakeup, and I got to be honest. With Finn Balor as champion, hasn't, the old cliche, moved the needle, if you will. Right. Nothing really has, but you're right. You're right, and I'm I'm not sitting here going, it's all Finn's fault. Absolutely not. It's 100% not. I would never put the blame on one person. But he just hasn't moved the needle for for one reason or another, but I got to tell you something. You put that thing on Karrion Cross with Scarlet and start fucking, mm-hmm. you know, things are opening back up. You start getting them back out there a little bit. You've got something, man, and I think he may, I'm not saying Cross can move the needle either. But I think he's got a better shot than playing old Finn Balor. Yeah, like well, that's that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. You said plain old Finn Balor. There's a lot more mm-hmm. pomp and circumstance, if you were, if you will, with uh, you know Cross and Scarlet. They have the whole elaborate entrance. You know, you have people that are going to tune in just to see Scarlet. You can have people that tune in just to see Cross. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that they do more. Yeah, there's a little bit more chutzpah. I think you'll appreciate that term behind uh, them. I got you with that one. But I got to say, you may tune in to see Karen Cross, but you've also got people tuning in to see Karen Cross with Scarlet. For sure. I mean, I'm not trying to be pervy here, but let's face it. Reality is reality and sex sells and she is a sexy, sexy woman. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm, trust me, this is with all credit to her. She, she knows what she is. <laughs> she knows she's the smoke show because that was her fucking name. <laughs> but, uh, all right, there you go. Uh, definitely, like I said, I'm, I'm probably going to go ahead and check this out tomorrow. Um, so there we go. Now, Smart, I didn't, uh, I forgot to send you everything. So I'll do that while we're talking about Raw here. Again, I don't want to. I want to do a little less of our recaps. I want to kind of do more of a highlight. I think we really need to back yeah. off of our recaps match for match. I just think it's getting a little tiring for us and also for our audience. So, But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you agree, but I think you do. I don't disagree. I didn't think <laughs> I you would. All right. Well, there you go. Again, I, I got a few things to touch on on Raw. I want to kind of get through it and... Um, Spend a little more time on some news tonight because we got a few things to get into, actually. We got a little CM Punk to get into. Uh, he was commenting on uh, Chris Jericho being on the um, Austin podcast, and we've got uh, a little more 
Jericho News. And a few things to play. Actually, Smart, the one YouTube video you sent me, I already had. Ready to go, sir. Um, <laughs> this was... Uh, Raw was definitely... I, mean, I gotta tell you, none none of the Raws up till now have felt even remotely like a WrestleMania-ish like, workup show. This did. Finally. Finally, we got a WrestleMania go-home show that actually felt like they were promoting matches here, Smart. Yeah, definitely. I'll agree with that for sure. Right. Good. I'm glad. Look at you just agreeing with me all over the place tonight. You son of a bitch. I'm going to make you fucking disagree with me. <laughs> One time or another, I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going to make you do it, goddammit. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to say, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I know this game is. <laughs> Damn it, you caught me already, you son of a bitch. All right. We start out with, um, we get the, I, I, and again, we usual baby face Drew promo, blah, blah. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to kill Lashley, blah, blah, blah. I did like Lashley coming out the way he did. Um, once again, I, I, I do want, this is why I wanted to point this out. Lashley, promo, awesome. Mm-hmm. Lashley. MVP didn't come out talking. Lashley did. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even have to give MVP the mic anymore. I'm, I think Lashley could actually stand on his own at this point. I don't know what MVP has been teaching him, but Lashley could stand on his own without MVP. And I'm kind of thinking it might be going that way soon. And plus, I mean, it, it helps with the fact that like, again, like you said, it was kind of, I hate to do it, but a typical Drew promo. Is like I, I've talked about before. I hate that they just the only thing that his character is like the only dimension that they give him is the ah shucks guy, where it's like I'm just so happy to be here. Like once again, he talked about how he just had to keep fighting, and all the sacrifices he made, and just all this, and you know he just kept going, just kept struggling, kept striving, and I'm here. I finally did it. It's like okay, yeah, this is the same promo over and over again. Like he's not bad at it. It's it. They're good promos for the amount of intensity that he, you know, delivers within them. But it's the same subject matter, same content over and over again. And then you have one guy that's just so happy to be here. Yeah. And you have the other guy going, coming out and saying, you know, yeah, I worked hard to get here too, but now I'm here and I'm choking motherfuckers out and I'm kicking ass and I'm taking names. And it's just like, you know, that is the guy that you want to get on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I would say Drew is like, you know, because Moxley was getting into this territory with me too of just same promo, same promo. The difference is Drew doesn't write his promos. Okay? Drew, which is why I'm not blaming Drew. One bit here. I'm not. I swear I'm not. There's no reason to. I'm not blaming Drew. You're right. He does come out. He has the intensity with what he says. It's a little cheesy, even, even I mean, B-movie-level hokey sometimes. But he does come out there and say it well. And, I mean, we, you know, we've had this problem with Sami Zayn we talked about back in the day when he was first coming out saying stupid shit, but, you know, definitely, you know, making chicken salad out of the shit he was getting. So, something we've talked about, but Drew just, it seems like whoever's writing his promos is just like, okay, copy, paste. Copy, paste. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's just switch that line 
to this wording of this line. Okay. It's like he's literally trying to like, it's like he's copying out of the, you know, uh, back in the day we actually used to use the encyclopedia, but he's changing enough words to where it won't be totally copied. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the old where you got to do like the uh, like thousand word book report or whatever. Oh. And you just keep doing a whole bunch of. So I decided to pick the book because I like the book. Uh huh. Exactly. Exactly. So. But anyway, I, I know I'm, I'm, I didn't mean to mention encyclopedism age myself, but pff, I'm old. We all know this. Now, let's go ahead and tie a few things in here, Smart. Mm -hmm. That'll help, too, because there's a, let's see, there's one, two, there's three, actually, there's more than three, there's four. Um, this show was heavily promoting the Bad Bunny, Miz and Morrison thing. Uh, now, now it's the Damien Priest and Bad Bunny versus Miz and Morrison, which I think we said they were going to go there anyway. Um, ooh, a little bit of, little, little bit of mo moving there, Smart. Um, but like I said, we're, we're going to tie all these segments in real quick and just talk about them all real fast. First thing we do is we get, uh, we get Bad Bunny and Damien Priest. Bad Bunny pulls up in his Bugatti. Beautiful car. Beautiful car. Um, actually, I think Miz has one too. He took a picture of, uh, Maurice. I don't, did you see that picture? I did see that picture, yes. And I believe that's a, Bu a Bugatti behind him. Yeah, yeah, he's got the blue. Or behind, I'm sorry, behind her. I, it's really hard to see anything besides her. <laughs> she, this is very true. Good God, did that man luck out? He is, he's, she is, she's fine wine, dude. She is fine wine. Just as she gets older, she just looks better. She looks better after two kids. How the fuck does that happen? But Ms. Good on you, sir. Good on you. So anyway, we get the Absolute. Bugatti. Absolutely. We get the Bugatti. Um, and they pull up. A few segments later, again, I'm just going to knock all these out. That'll really tighten up Raw. Ooh, okay. While you're doing that, I want to send you something real quick. It's from Twitter. It takes all of about like three. It's like, a, I think it's like an eight-second clip. It's in relation to this. Let me load up Messenger here. You can go ahead and do that. Hopefully, it'll play. Otherwise, you know, it's just send it to me while I'm talking. We'll... Uh, this is all about this. We got four segments, and we'll down. I'll download it as we're going. Um, we get now a couple segments later. We see Miz and Morris, and they're they're walking backstage. We see them with paint cans in their hand, and uh, you know they're black paint cans, so you're not sure what's in it. And suddenly, they walk over, and we see that they see the Bugatti, Bad Bunny's car, and. Literally, they paint the fucking car. They just dr literally drown the car in paint. They're painting, you know, hey, hey, hip hop and all kinds of shit on it. Just wrecking the car with red paint. That's Mark, I don't know if you caught this, but did you see how watered down this paint was? Yeah, a little bit. Not only did it look it when they were doing it, but when they came back from commercial... And Bad Bunny saw the car. You could see it already fading. This stuff is gonna. I mean, the, the, this is car wash level. Maybe a little bit of fucking. You know, maybe a little bit of polish coming off. He'll be fine. I wouldn't worry about it. It was still pretty cool to see, but um, 
you know, he, he's a bad bunny is just not happy, which I don't blame him. I mean, especially only a day after Easter. I mean, he's a, he, 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 he's a bunny, right? Yeah, that's a big day. Exactly. I mean, one, you know, at one day after his big day, this is what's happening to the poor guy. And then Miz and Morrison jump him. Uh, the Pierce, uh, Adam, the Pierce, Adam Pierce and other officials go ahead and break that little thing up. I'm really, I know why they're pushing this match so hard, bigger than even their top matches. I know why, you know why, we all know why. It's, it's, it's a celebrity. This is right, what yeah, they and do. It's always been something that they've done. Like I, we were, we were talking about it Friday because there, there are people that were complaining about it, specifically a, a, one of your favorite wrestlers, the Rush, was too involved by it and being involved you know, because they have budget cuts and they got involved these people. Right. But it, it's, it's been something that they've been doing literally since the beginning of you know, WrestleMania. They've always sort of shoehorn celebrities in in some capacity in you know, one way or the other. I think this one is way more fitting and appropriate than like just like the way that they're trying to do Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Where it's like I have nothing against Logan Paul, but it just seems like they very just much just sort of try to cram them in just for a little bit of extra name value. Like maybe two or three more people will sign up for Peacock now. Ah, all right, I'm getting this little... Oh, it's only 18 seconds? We should be able to play this. Yeah, this is in relation to the final segment where Miss um, Morrison talk and then they leave. Oh, all right, then we'll just wait one minute and I'll play this right before the last segment. Well, though, this is the last little segment here with them after the after the car. It was only three segments, but I think it was four. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. I lied. I apologize. But anyway, let's get into this because like they do go into the ring after this. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, which is a fucking long ass segment, dude. Yeah, long. <laughs> I got a kick out of this because okay, you have Bad Bunny sort of going out talking about how he isn't a wrestler, but he's a man, and he, he was disrespected because you have him. You know, he was being real disrespectful to him at the Royal Rumble. He was talking about his music. He was talking about him as a person. And now you know they they've done and. Broke the, the broke the straw the straw that broke the camel's back. They messed up the car, so it's like they pushed him at all turns, and it made me laugh because he was like, "Yeah, you know, I did kind of jump on you at the Royal Rumble." <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, and you also punched him in the face." And was, <laughs> he talked all this shit about him too. It just made me laugh because he's like, "Well, when I did all this shit to you, I was just having fun, but you've taken things too far now, Mister." <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and you're right. He did. He said, you took things too far. And then a priest announces that they want the tag match, like we said. But that, that's already been done. Um, now, I, I, I also liked a lot of the stuff that Bunny was saying about watching wrestling as a kid and shit. I got to say, was this a great promo by him? No, but he also hasn't been trained for this. But I got to tell you, he didn't stammer through it. He didn't stutter through it. And they gave him... I think it was like seven, eight minutes. For a celeb- it wasn't like an all-time great promo. Like it's not one of those you put in the montage. No, like you know, Dusty Rhodes, you know, Terry Funk, all those kind of people, Mankind, whatever. You know, those those elite level promo guys. But it it seemed like it was kind of authentic, at least. 
because he was just, yeah. like he was just going out there and saying, "Look, you know, I'm not trained to do this. I'm not a wrestler, but I am a man, and I will only take so much disrespect." And it's like I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I I really gave him a lot of credit. Like I said, first of all, this was a long, lengthy promo, and for him to get through it, it definitely he you could see he was more comfortable in Spanish. But all right, it's his first language. I don't blame him. Um, but uh, it, it, I I I gave Bunny a lot of credit here. Um, but let's go ahead and play this before we get to the end of the segment. We'll go from there. Let me get a little little volume here. Hopefully, this plays. Eighteen seconds. Here we go. That's fine. I I thought when they left. That something was going to happen. I thought nope. that, like they just left. I thought that like they were going to like have like you know gimmicked this car and and the wheels you know, would like, fall off. The wheels that actually exactly. would have been awesome. I thought like the wheel because because they're supposed to be like Puerto Rican. You know what I mean? That's fine. What? What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that Dave that these these two guys like wanted because they're Puerto Rican they were gonna go strip the fucking limo the SUV limo? Is that what we're is that what we just heard? I I think old Diamond Dave Meltzer basically just implied that they were going to steal his hubcaps because they're Puerto I, Rican. I, I, <laughs> Which my God, like it, it's it's not funny, but it is funny, but it's not funny. But it's just like it's amazing okay. that Dave Meltzer of all people would just casually sneak in. You know what? Some like off color jokes. This actually, and then immediately back down from them. You know what? We're gonna tie something in here. This makes a little bit of sense of what uh, Peter Rosenberg said today. Did, mm-hmm. did did you hear this video, Mark? I did not hear this video. I was oh. just made aware that Meltzer said this this morning. Okay, well, let's. This makes more sense to what Peter Rosenberg was saying today. Uh, give me one second. Yo, quick message for wrestling fans. Stop listening to Dave Meltzer. I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you to listen to Cheap Heat, okay? The world's number one sports and recreation pod. Listen to Wade Keller. Listen to Sam Roberts. Listen to Busted Open. Listen to, shout out the Black Announce Table. Um... There are so many up-and-coming podcasts also that are so great. Listen to The Mass Man Show. Listen to people who actually have progressive, thoughtful opinions about the business. This guy only has a name because he happened to be around for so long getting fed false information from wrestlers 30 years ago. What's his great journalistic claim to fame? Where's the big book? Where's the big moment? What is it? He just happened to be around. Okay? His opinions suck. They're moronic. They're baseless. They're false. That makes a little more sense now. <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Yeah, and listen, I, 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 I <coughs> excuse me. Listen to what you want to listen to. I, I have no one should have a problem with that. I'm the, I would never. I would also never tell you not to listen to someone. I, I'm, I'm not completely agreeing with what old. Uh, Old Rosenberg has to say here, you shouldn't tell anyone to not listen to someone. You just got to be like, listen, if, if, if you're listening to him, you might want to just kind of really think about what he's saying. Now, as far as the progressive, God, I hate that fucking word, progressive thoughts and shit like that. Yeah, it sounds like Dave's still stuck a little bit back in the uh, the old days. He thinks he's still on Donahue, maybe. I don't know. Um, but that really made Peter Rosenberg's thing uh, a little, a little, a little more... Uh, a little, a little more sensical, if you will, Mark. It's just it's so wild that he would just like 
And I mean, he immediately caught himself, but it just seemed this is a very weird diversion to go down. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, I thought he looked like that. I thought he looked like this. They're, they're, they are because, well, I mean, you know how those guys are. It's like, Dave, no! Oh. What are you doing? <laughs> and, you, you do this for a living. How and, could you go down this rabbit hole? And was that Alvarez with him? Yeah. Oh, my that God. That was Alvarez, who is, by the way, Hispanic himself. I know. You would and think Alvarez like, would be able Jesus. to, like, like waving his arms, waving it off. Like, no, no, a flag on the play. Flag on the play. No, no. Jesus Christ, Meltzer. All right, Rosenberg, uh, that solidified his point a little more to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyway, um, we get Miz and Morrison outside after this little promo from Bad Bunny, and they're clapping. Uh, luckily, they still have tires on their vehicle, according to Dave Meltzer. <laughs> and Miz does tell Bunny, look, yeah, you're right. You don't belong. Uh, they accept the match and take off in the SUV, which, once again, I'm, 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 I guess Dave Meltzer's surprised it has tires. And hubcaps, you're right, Smart. Jeez. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, I can't believe. I can't believe. Radio professional. <laughs> oh, my God. Melcher, this is not a fucking episode of, of uh, like, oh, this is not vacation from National Lampoons or something. <laughs> okay. Um, got a few more little things I want to touch on with Raw. Um like I said, built up a lot of matches tonight. The Braun thing, they built up Smart with uh, him and uh, him and Shane. And Braun's out there. He's cutting a promo in a cage. He's like, I'm going to do this for everybody who's ever been called stupid and told they're not good enough and blah, blah, blah. Now, the best line, though, is when Shane came out, Smart. I'm not just a man. I'm a McMahon. What? I'm not just a rib. I'm a Mick rib. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> Talk about stupid. Braun should have went, hey, stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not just a man. I'm a Mick man. Uh, first of all, it's Mick man, uh, not Mick man. Uh, oh, God. I cringed. I've never cringed so so much at a line that I just went, Ew. Yeah, and when he came out, I thought he was going to do his little jig because you know how Irish you well, know what I mean. Well, I mean, if 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 only he had a shoehorn in his hand for that line. <laughs> My God, he should have yeah. been waving a shoehorn, just scratching his, his head with it or something. That would have made sense. But my God, my God, um, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. And that, well, well, Smart, what did you think of that one? It, it's it, it's so wild because you have like they they were doing the they so far they have not announced that there's going to be any sort of gimmick for Bray Wyatt versus Orton, and this is a feud based on one man attempting to murder another man. <laughs> However, you have a feud that is based on one man calling another man stupid, and they dedicated a steel cage to this. It's fucking wild. I don't know. Like, well, it, this just isn't the way to go to get Braun over because he just he comes out again. He's like, you know, oh, people have been calling me stupid my whole life. Like that. That's nothing to be proud of, sir. And then he's like, he like you were saying, he comes out and he's like, I'm gonna do this for everybody. 
everybody who's been called stupid, unfuckable, or bad at their jobs, <laughs> or just a little bit of a lazy eye. I'm, I, I stand up for all the misfit toys. Ugh. And then Shane comes out, and he's like, yeah, but you're still an idiot. And then I, he leaves. I, I completely missed the, that one part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there, there may have been a little bit of subtext. There's ah. some implied. No, stuff going on. Like I said, I didn't have my headphones on. Uh, yeah, just... <laughs> well, did you watch the Hulu version? They they cut it down for time. For everyone who said they can't get laid, uh, <laughs> for everyone who has had been called a micro penis, <laughs> for everyone that was six foot whatever I am and three hundred pounds and has been a power lifter since I was in my teens. Yeah! You know we were called stupid. <laughs> Shut up, my guy. Yeah, he might have been, but I doubt it. I don't think anybody would have the ball to call him stupid. I mean, we, and again, we got a match between a, a handicap match with uh, Braun versus Elias and Riker. That match went how it went. Whatever we, we I, I, Braun wins. Uh, Braun wins in the end. Uh, yeah. Winning the what is that from? Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf. That's the song from the end of Teen Wolf. Win in the end. There you go. Yep. You know what's uh, literally the end of the movie when they're playing basketball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just thought of that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you know how my mind works. We had a little stare down between Shane, who was at the top of the ramp. I mean, he wasn't like in his face or anything, but uh, yeah, whatever. Um, the other part of the show that I enjoyed with, again, building a a little match was uh, MVP backstage. He got caught. Um, Cedric and Shelton saw him kind of alone. No Bobby Lashley around. Cedric throws him up MVP against a uh, a crate and tell him Lashley ain't shit without us. And then said, keep your crippled ass out of the way. <laughs> Again, man, this is, this is a rough night for wrestling. Uh, Meltzer just kicked this shit right off. <laughs> but, Such an ableist thing to say uh, to tell the no. crippled guy to stay out of the way. Ah, look at you. Yes. Rhyming in mind. I, I do like, and I don't think it was from this one, I think it was from the interview segment earlier where they were talking with Cedric, and he was like, you know, I might not win this match, but I will hurt him. Well, he didn't either in the, in the match. Um, Cedric did get a good little offense set in there, but uh, Lashley did beat the shit out of him. Um, oh, Lashley almost dropped Cedric at one point, though. Mm-hmm. You saw that. I think Cedric was jumping off the top rope and Lashley went to catch him. Yeah. And, and oh, no, it was when he did the... Uh... No, that was it. And then he powerbombed him, but it looked like he almost dropped him. But it worked out okay. Um, Lashley give, did, did go ahead and, you know, give him the, the Cedric the spine buster and then put him in the hurt lock to win. Shelton jumped in, but they're not going to be down there at Mania, so it doesn't matter. I guess the storyline just will continue after Mania, so no big deal there. Um, now, the ending of Raw, we'll go ahead and mention, and then that's all I got for it, Smart. Okay. It was Drew versus Corbin. That's 15 minutes of my life. On my life, I'll never, never, ever get back. Um, ever. Ever get back. Uh, <laughs> and, and then 
MVP at the end of that match comes out and he's like, hey, look, it's not about beating him. It's about taking him out. And of course, right after that, Drew hits Claymore wins. And then Drew and Lashley stare down each other. That was raw. Big build. Like I said, finally feels like a, a go home show to me. Um, I don't need to mention the fucking birds and Ali and all the fucking birds. I don't even want to talk about the birds at this point. They just ruined Riddle. Ruined Riddle. Anyway. Yeah, kind of. Well, I mean, uh, look, he's got birds. Look, pajaros. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that I'm really, like, sort of just holding on hope for in terms of that with Riddle is that it seems inevitable with him going into the Hall of Fame this year that there's going to be some kind of WrestleMania segment with him and RVD. Mm. And, like, that'll be kind of a saving grace. But the, the, the bird things are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and I... I... I, I hate that we I didn't get to watch the uh the um Hall of Fame, but we'll maybe we'll find time to get into it. If we don't, we don't. I'm I'm not that worried about it. Watch uh, some of it. I didn't oh you did? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I watched I just kinda picked and choose who based on the person whether or not I wanted to watch their speech. But I will, I will say it's interesting. They they did a really good job with Kings. Because they, they put together a great video package and it just it worked perfectly. And they had everything timed out. So just, the, you know, the videos matched the music perfectly and the pyro hits at the right time when the song builds and all this shit. So it's just very well done there. And he gave a pretty good speech and he even hit the pyro at the end. So that was cool. Wow. But what was weird about that, not only his, not only his speech, but everybody else's speech, was it wasn't in front of crap. Right. So they come out, they give their speech, and like you know how it is, they they everybody likes to have a little antidote here and there, a little funny story, a little joke here, joke there. They played piped in laughter, so they're giving the speech to a laugh track, and it just seemed very weird and not comfortable. I will also say that they they achieve something that only sports games usually end up making me do. They caused me to cuss at my television because <laughs> I was just skimming through all of it because it's a four hour thing. If you because they're doing 2020 and 2021, so I'm skimming through. I'm skimming through the NWO speech, and I hear Hogan go, "And my main man, Titus O'Neil." I said, "Man, fuck you! <laughs> you know that he is not your. You are not his friend, and he is not your friend. Get out of here, this bullshit." Yeah, it's gonna be a. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun. <laughs> Which made me laugh because can like opposite to that. Titus was giving a speech. He said no names, but he said it's important to be kind and respect people even if you don't like them. Uh, <laughs> so like, uh, oh, you did hear Titus? I won't read too yeah. much into that. I no. Some of it, yeah. So you, you heard some of Titus's speech. Did he, did he mention Shad or did they not let him? Not that I had heard. Uh, I don't think he mentioned him. He hey. sort of just kind of talked about how... He kind of, kind of how he wasn't necessarily the best wrestler, <laughs> but he, like he was given an opportunity to achieve like beyond the normal conventional wrestling realm that he was able to do all this great stuff for the community and all these people and help kind of provide affordable housing and food and all these things for people who are in need and right. just how, you know, just all that kind of stuff. He was, it was, it was a good speech and you know, he's a classy dude. It was, it was cool to hear yeah. it, but yeah, he didn't really mention Chad at all. I don't think. Well, and, and you know what? That's kind of what we said last week about him. Look, he's not the greatest wrestler, but he is a in, incredible in ba- ambassador for this company. 
So, you know what? I get what they're doing here. Now, as far as the Warrior Award, though, Smart, we'll go ahead and tie this into it. Sure. They did give another Warrior Award for this year, too. This year. Yes. Yes, they did, too. Lo- now, as far as what Warrior wanted with this award, this is as close as we're probably going to ever get. Mm-hmm. Rich Herring was named the recipient of this year's uh, Warrior Award. I know it was Titus for last year, I believe. They did the 2020. Um, so now this guy, Richard Herring, has been with the company for a very, very, I think over 30 years or about 30 years. And he also had a very good relationship with Ultimate Warrior, which he continues to have with Dana Warrior and their two daughters. So this award means a lot to him. I mean, they've got stuff in the, this is in the Stanford Advocate. I'm reading some of the stuff off of here. This is a big award for this guy. He he really has been a, around a very long time. had a had a lot to do with a lot of the stuff going on backstage. He's the um, I forget what they call him. He's he's one of the vice presidents of the company. One of her disc management was one of the things that he did. There you go, there you go, and 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 stuff like that. So pretty pretty cool to see them again kind of but i mean this is what warrior wanted a guy backstage a guy that no one knew a guy that no one heard about this is what he wanted so this is about as close as i think we're ever gonna fucking get so which i feel kind of bad for him a little bit hmm. because like i don't know it seemed like everybody sort of made their peace with titus winning and they think kind of justified by Titus money, you know what I mean? Right. Like that. When they realized that there was going to be two new awards given out that year, and neither one was on the chat. Like, I feel like that's when like, everybody kind of, well, not everybody, but, you know, Stanford, um, people just kind of lost their shit. And I was right. reading some of the comments, and I just kind of felt bad for the guy, because it's not his fault, you know. No. But he's, he's, he's put into that Rey Mysterio at the Royal Rumble role. <laughs> being the person that people didn't want. Wow, that's a that's a hard place to be. But you know, and speaking of Titus, I know JTG uh, put out a little thing on Twitter that you know, hey, um, who was that that interrupted what's your name speech? Do, do you know who they were making fun of there? You're talking about Kanye West. I think that that's what they were making fun of. Um, JTG put Taylor out some thing when he interrupted who. He interrupted Taylor Swift to say that Beyonce yeah. had like the biggest music video ever or something. Yeah, and JTG changed the names to go, you know, I'm, I, I respect what you do, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Shad should have been. He also took it down and wrote an apology. He meant it to be funny, and people took it way out of fucking tone. Imagine that. Uh, the uh, the internet lost their mind over something. Imagine that. Yes. How could it be? But they did. But anyway. Um, Funny enough, he's actually going to be wrestling tomorrow. Really? Yeah, he's. Uh, they, they're doing the whole Mania. They did get to do it last year. But they're doing the whole sort of Mania weekend slash Mania week thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, GCW is doing a show for the culture. It's going to be on 11.59 tomorrow. So like Friday morning, essentially, I guess. He's going to be wrestling AJ Gray, so that's going to be kind of cool to see him right. out there doing his thing. Cool. All right. There we go. Um, 
Let's see, Smark. Actually, I think you got more. more you got a little more, more than I got tonight. Do I now? Um, go ahead. Pick one. Have fun. We'll pick one. I'm going to go ahead and just dig this up. Another one that was kind of interesting is uh, Rich Mon is going to dress on two points more people. Ah. So that's kind of an interesting blend of Actually, new school. Two Cold Scorpio is here uh, Friday night or Saturday night at a at a show here in in in, uh, in Dallas. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be right here in Dallas on. Uh, I think I think it's Friday. Actually, I, I think it's Friday night. So, all right, go ahead and pick one of those, and uh, I'll follow along, it's, sir. Uh, from Wrestling Inc. I think you could kind of. You got a couple of things that could potentially piggyback off of them. This is uh, Tony Khan on why he approved Chris Jericho for WWE Network interview. It says AEW President and CEO Tony Khan was on Busted Open, Dave Lekreka, and Tommy Dreamer. The topic of Chris Jericho's next guest of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Broken Soul sessions came up during the conversation. Khan explained why he approved of Jericho's appearance on Peacock. Quote, basically what happened was I had never even considered this was going to be a possibility, kind of admitted. When I heard from Chris Carrington that this was something they wanted to do, I had to think about it for a minute. He and Steve had apparently talked, and Steve asked Chris if he had interest in the program, or I guess they had a conversation and it came up. But when Chris brought it up to me at first, I was taken aback because Chris doing something on Peacock and WWE's channel was obviously going to give me pause. But when he said it was Steve hosting the show, I didn't think that I didn't have to think very hard about it. Busted Open is an independent show. I really like being on with you guys. I don't know why I read that. I really trust you. And and these times we have together, and I really feel that way about Steve. Even though Steve works for WWE, and even though that's another wrestling company that we compete with, I trust Steve immensely, and obviously I trust Chris. Just like I would trust Chris to do a good job on Busted Open, I trust him doing a great job with Steve, and I trust Steve as a great interview. And then he goes on to say that he hasn't watched it yet, but Jericho told him that he would like it, and so on and so forth. So, basically... Let me let me let me let me give you a very cliff note version of that. Is is that okay? Sure. Okay. Cliff notes. This benefits us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm done. That's it. Yeah, there you go. That was a fucking word salad for saying, um, do you know what you see if you Google Chris Jericho for anyone that maybe has lived under a rock as a wrestling fan for years and don't know who he is? Let's see. Let me just let me just type in Chris Jericho and see what pops up here. Chris Jericho. Oh, American professional wrestler, Chris Jericho. First thing that pops up. Um, let's see here. The first one that pops up, AEW. AEW. Chris Jericho, Wikipedia. Uh, AEW. AEW. Ah, here we go. WWE.com. Right there. Finally, that far down. This benefits, definitely benefits AEW in a big way, having Chris Jericho on this show. Does it benefit WWE? Of course. Benefits both companies. But again, now that they're not quote-unquote competing, who cares? Who really cares? But, um... 
we've got a couple of videos that we can tie into this, Mark, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, Jericho and Steve Austin did a little mini kind of after interview thing, kind of a kind of an extra. Um, and Steve Austin just kind of rapid fires a few questions to him here. And uh, let's go ahead and knock that out. I believe that's where I'm at right now. Let me go ahead and do this. And here we go. Hey, I'm Stone Cold Steve Austin with my next guest on the Broken Skull Sessions, the one and only Chris Jericho. I can't believe it. Chris, we're going to make a list of Jericho where I will give you a category and you will give me your top one or two answers. Okay. Top talkers. Well, obviously, uh, you and The Rock, I have to say. Favorite opponents. Shawn Michaels and uh, uh, Kevin Owens. Tag teams. Big Show and Sammy Guevara. Your favorite WrestleMania moment or moments? Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 19, where we stole the show. Love that one. Technical wrestlers? Um, Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, top of the top. High Flyers? Rey Mysterio, by far. Future WWE Hall of Famers? Uh, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, etc., etc. And I will throw you in the mix. This is Chris Jericho, my next... All right. Now, obviously, the... Out of all those little quick questions there, Smart, obviously the, the big one people are talking about is when tag teams are mentioned, he said Sammy Guevara and the Big Show. That's right. Sammy Guevara, interesting that uh, he mentioned that. And there's also rumors that he answered Benoit for a few answers. The one being technical wrestlers, he mentioned all the radicals. I don't know if that's true or not. Rumor is he said it, and <clears throat> that's where that little hard cut came in. I like the idea of him, like, them doing him family feud style. Mm. Whereas, like, favorite opponent, Benoit, <clears throat> it's again. <gasps> like, oh, shit, uh, Kevin Owens. Like, yeah, good enough. All right. No, you need 19 more points to get to that $10,000 for your family. Uh, <laughs> I really loved that show when I was a kid, man. I did. It's a lot of fun play. They have like a little mobile version. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. I've seen it. They have a. The show's still going. <laughs> but at this point, it's just come up with the dirtiest answer so you can end up on social media. Yeah. That's really what it turned into. I mean, look, I, 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 I like Steve Harvey, but I'm not crazy about him as a game show host. I don't know why. I From like what him. I've heard, I mean, he's essentially like behind the scenes. He's essentially just like a giant asshole. Um, <laughs> so, well, and I've heard that from like people within show business, so like they've done podcasts and stuff talking about him. Nah, Not such great things. I'm still more of a uh, Price is Right guy myself. Yeah, there you go. There, there's one. Like I, like I like Family Feud. I like Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. And I've never been a big into the Wheel of Fortune. It's never really been much. Yeah, there's a big, big, big to do right now over who's going to be the next Jeopardy host after after uh, Trebek passed away. Um, <laughs> LeVar Barton, or that's his name, right? LeVar Burton, yeah. Burton, I'm sorry, is a big player. I, I, I know who he is. I believe he was uh, Data. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, yeah. So I I, I actually would like to see him doing it. Um, so there we go. But, uh, yeah. All right. And we got one more to tie on to that, Smark. CM sure. Punk 
kind of uh, was on TMZ and gave his thoughts on this whole thing happening with Jericho and Steve Austin. And, you know, we all know they're competing companies and something's happening here. So CM Punk got uh, kind of ambushed by uh, TMZ here. And here we go. I think it's interesting for sure. Obviously, I understand the buzz. Um, maybe I'll give it a shot and I'll watch it, but it, it feels like it's going to be softball questions. I don't know if they're going to ask Jericho all the, the, the tough questions, and nor do I think they possibly should. It's, it's an interesting situation, so it'll probably just be like a feel-good interview. They'll talk about Jericho's past at WWE. I'm sure they'll mention AEW, but they won't get into um, – the hard questions that I think a lot of people would be interested in, you know. Are you surprised, though, that they're, like, you know, that Tony Khan and Vince McMahon would even allow this? Uh, you know, honestly, my knee-jerk reaction, opinion on it is I think that, that shows that Vince McMahon isn't afraid of AEW at all. Because if he was, he wouldn't allow that to happen. Um, anytime anybody's talking about you, it's good. They, there will be people who don't know AEW exists who will watch it and say, oh, wow, cool. I didn't know that. I just thought... Um, pause it there real quick. Smart, do, do you think he's right? Do you think this shows that Vince McMahon doesn't fear AEW? Or do you think that it's because it's Jericho and it's Jericho? Plain and simple, it's, it's, it's Chris Jericho, someone he knows, someone he's been around a lot, someone he probably loves in a way um do you think this shows that vince isn't scared or that uh, i don't know i mean i i in personal opinion uh, go ahead though first please i mean I, I think more so that it just has to do with his appreciation for stone maybe more so than jericho is to say something that us wanted to do it's something that he thought would make him happy. So it's like, all right, we, we need to appease the big name stars that we have left so that we can keep using them. Um, I don't like, I think I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I could see him potentially just going ahead and accepting and trying to make it look like it's no big deal because that, that looks better than if he were to say, you know, completely refuse to acknowledge them because I feel like if you do that then maybe it lends some credence to them being legitimate competitors mm. yeah I mean okay I see where you're going there alright but I mean I'm not like, sure just as an example they use like they have no problem talking about how people used to be an impact or right. using like impact photos or footage or whatever. Like, again, that people, you know, that obviously they're not competitors to them, you know. So I feel right. like maybe if you, if you are more comfortable talking about AEW or just having like AEW being kind of in your peripheral, it, it makes it look like you're a little bit less concerned with them. And I feel like right now he probably isn't concerned with them. They're making fucking money hand over fist and getting these billion dollar TV deals and these, you know, the Peacock deal and all this. They're making money on top of money on top of money on top of money. Right. So maybe he's not afraid. Um, I don't think he's afraid. I mean, obviously, WWE has been the number one for a very long time. They're going to continue to be it, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, But... You know, I don't think Vince was ever scared of AEW. Maybe they were, you know, beating him in, on NXT, but 
I don't think that's a big thing for Vince. I think Vince is more worried about Raw, Raw and SmackDown than anything. So he probably doesn't see him as competition at this point, especially since they're moving to Tuesdays, which you probably still have to remind Vince of every now and then. But anyway, let's go ahead and knock the rest of this video out. See if we have to pause again. Let's do this. Let's do this. Jericho is retired. Um, but there is also something to be said about keeping your guys special. And the only place you can see this superstar is on my television show. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a new age. And I think uh, both companies need all the eyeballs they can get at the moment. So, you know, kudos to everybody involved. More likely we see you in an MMA cage again or a professional wrestling ring again. Oh, God. Um, you know, I'm busy doing a lot of TV and movies right now. Um, and there's a lot more gray in this beard than there was even a year ago. So uh, I never say never. Um, He's but right about I mean, the gray. I'm 42. I'm getting a little long in the tooth, especially for MMA. I still train. Uh, but getting in the cage and, and fighting is a, is a different animal. You got to commit to a long training camp, especially for me, because I started way late. So my knowledge of everything and my, you know, just experience is at a, is at a lower level. I just decided to fight at the highest level for some silly reason. All right. That is it right there. So really, I mean, that was kind of the, the meat of it right there about Vince not being afraid. So, but I wanted to finish it up real quick. Um, and wow, that was a, so I think Punk was saying, you're not going to see me really anywhere except uh, right here on this TMZ interview on my phone <laughs> with, uh, in the gym with my uh, tank top on. I think that's Pretty what he much. was saying. I think that's what he was saying, but uh, all right, there you go. CM Punk chiming in, which we, you know, we don't get a lot of at all. So pretty cool to hear him. He's looking a little more jacked, to tell you the truth. Well, yeah. He's got to be getting in good shape because he's it's going to be coming in at all in this year. Yeah. We all know. We all know it. We all know it. So, oh, yeah. Imminent. Now that he's even mentioned AEW, Cody's going to come out there and go, oh, of course we've talked to him. <sighs> Shut the fuck up, Cody. Uh, That's probably why you said no. It's like, hey, would you would you like to put over Cody? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, he he's kind of a liar. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and roll with this Chris Jericho thing that we've been kind of going on here. He did talk about uh, some things on his uh, Talk His Jericho podcast about TNT not being happy when they brought in Sting as a surprise because TNT doesn't want surprises. They want ratings. And that's why we heard about Paul uh, Big Show, Paul White signing before on social media, on social media. So they didn't really spoil anything or have a surprise. And that's also why they announced Christian, which, you know, Jesus Christ, just give the guy the albatross and put it on his neck and see if he can fucking shake it. But... I think that's a little, you know, surprises are good. And if you cut out all surprises, it ain't going to be good at all. They're just going to save it for their pay-per-views where they make more money than TNT. Right. Yeah, I, I, I get what they're saying. 
the like mm. you, you gotta find you gotta find a balance, I guess. You right. Know? Right. Because I, I get the idea of like, okay, you wanna do cool surprises for the people who watch your show. But you know, TNT is like, well, the people that watch your show already watch your show. Like we want fucking people that are watching to tune in. So I mean I see what they're getting at, but yeah, like the fact that there is a little bit of an unpredictability to it makes people want to tune in more regularly though. So it's like it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Well, also a problem is with social media, you announce something and people either are excited about it, but then you've always inevitably got the people who are gonna shit on it. So you give people time to sit there and read and even have their some people mind changed on, you know, especially now with you know it, it's 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 horrible. I mean, talk about divided. Even the fucking wrestling world is divided. The AEW hardcores are like really hardcore, almost to the. I've even said almost to the point of goddamn the rabid ECW fans. But then you got the WWE hardcores. Yeah, so divided, and you can't win. All right. No. So with social media now announcing if you announce every you know new signing new this new that it, it you've got to have some surprises every now and then don't even people will start it's on social media if you can if you have a surprise and you make it last a good 10 minutes People will start tuning in because it will be on social media and people will fucking change the channel from whenever they're watching. So I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's a great idea for them. I'm not sure if it's a it's a horrible idea. But I think at some point you're going to have to be like, mm, that might be a good surprise. Otherwise, like I said, these guys are just going to do stuff that are that's completely, you know, on pay-per-views not on TNT and then your ratings don't matter. That's where the surprises are going to be on their pay-per-views. TNT's kind of, I don't know what TNT's deal is, but I would assume they're kind of cut out of those pay-per-views, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to say, but I mean, one would imagine. Well, I don't know, but I mean, I'm sure they get advertising money, obviously, but that could also be part of the deal. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a lot of, Again, with social media, there's a lot of upsides and downsides to uh, to doing what they're doing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, wow. I think we also uh, I think we got through most of that right there. Oh wow! Look at that. There we go. Um, got one. Actually, we got one from you and one from me, and I think you played all the videos. So uh, let me just knock this one out real quick. Um. Ivelisse, we all know, has uh, been signed to AEW, but not been on AEW TV lately. Meltzer sort of mentioned on a uh, edition of his show, which if you listen to, you know, Mr. Rosenberg, you're not going to listen to this guy. But basically he says that uh, her status is a little strange. And once again, it's kind of a thing where she can't speak because she is under contract. They're saying she's had a few things going on, a few issues with some coaches in AEW, and they're just deciding not to use her for right now. That's it. She's not, according to Dave, Dave Meltzer's exact quote was, the story was there 
was an issue with her and a few, in quotes, coaches, and she's not being booked right now. But it's not like she's been let go either at this point. So Dave Vague Meltzer isn't saying much, but it's... Ivelisse has a little bit of a reputation of not being the easiest person to work with. Which, I mean, even Impact passed on her. <laughs> right. I mean, it, she was on NXT for a while. They dumped her. But when Impact passes on you, I think you might want to fucking just say, hey, maybe the problem is me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, She's talented. Obviously, she's talented, she's attractive, she's got good personality. There's a lot there that you can capitalize on, but unfortunately, you know, she does have some issues there. She's not always the easiest person to get along with, and you're at a point now where there's so many good female talents out there mm. that, like, you know, sometimes it's just not necessarily worth it. You know, you, you didn't necessarily see them in a hurry to like kind of jump out there and get Tessa when Tessa was available. Or I guess Tessa kind of still is available right. from what I understand and they haven't really moved heaven and earth to make that happen and uh, you know reasons why. That being said, <laughs> interestingly enough, because you, you mentioned Dave Meltzer, is now the time to mention that Avalise is Puerto Rican? Oh, all right, let's not go there. Um, but you did make a good point saying that there's so many good women talent out there right now. I mean, let's face it. She's in a company right now with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, who just had an incredible fucking match. Uh, Take Conti is doing great. I mean, I, I know Anna Jay is out for a while, but their women's division is moving up. And if you're not moving up in it, Look in the mirror. It's you. It's not them. It's you. Because yeah, and they're, I mean, they they're, made yeah. an effort to kind of push her too, because her and uh, Diamante won that the female tag team tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tag team tournament. That's what I was going for. That's what I ended up on. I didn't mess up there. Yay me! No, you're good. You're good. But but then she's wrestling Diamante and she's in the ring laughing or you know making little <laughs> gestures as Diamante's trying to sell for her and you know Ivelisse isn't even making a fucking even a, a fucking reasonable sell for Di- it, I, look I, I really I, I like the girl I think she's again you said she's a pretty girl she's got a great person I don't know about her personality but she seems like she's not a bad person I've seen her on those uh, couple of reality shows she was on a, a tattoo show to cover up that horrible fire crotch of hers and she seems like a good person but there's got to be something with her attitude that doesn't coexist with companies and you know you can sit there and blame you know well maybe it was this with that company but the common denominator comes down to ivalice right so even i mean lucha underground she had a i mean that was some of Lucha Underground, but maybe they were being assholes because she was too. 
Yeah, I mean, like you said, and you did mention that that it a lot of people had issues with them because like you had people who. Yeah, I've never heard bad things about like Jeff Cobb was one of the people that they were just like digging over, and then for the longest time they weren't letting him go anywhere else. He was like, I, I need to like eat. I'm like, you guys gotta let me work somewhere. Fuck, man. But yeah, I mean, like you said, common denominator if it doesn't work in multiple companies or if she's in trouble with multiple companies after a while, you gotta look in the mirror. Or, I mean, it, it seems like she gets good pushes and then they take them away. And then suddenly mm-hmm. she's just gone and she's all on, you know, doing these cryptic tweets on Twitter. Oh, this company's shit, blah, blah, blah. It, it, the, 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 something's wrong. Something's wrong. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I hope she can uh, come back, get some, get some more time because the women's division in AEW is getting stronger. And the less she's on TV, more people are just going to forget about her. So... All right, Smart, let's go ahead and end on your little uh, article here on the uh, the Butcher, talking about uh, a few things there. Sure. From the Wrestling Inc., AEW star reveals wrestling for world title match right after recovering from COVID. This came out today. Uh, this is Butcher, Andy Williams, and the Blade. We're in a recent episode of Talk is Jericho. Where Butcher and Chris Jericho shared stories from their bands, Every Time I Die and Fozzie, respectively. Butcher also talked about a singles match with John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. He admits he shouldn't have wrestled that match because he was still recovering from COVID. And he recalled when he found out about this match, quote, I just come back from COVID. Yeah, that's what I just said. I got cleared the day before, so my lungs were still messed up, Butcher admitted. I shouldn't have wrestled that match. I've never felt anything like that in my life. If it was a 10-minute match, oh, that's awesome. It was a 20-minute match. I had no plane ticket. I was sitting at home. Max had just wrestled Eddie Kingston on Dynamite. It was 2 a.m. in the morning. I wake up to take a piss. Mm, Too much info there. And there's a text from Max that says, quote, I think it's you and I Friday. And this is Wednesday. Dynamite had just aired. I think it's us Friday. I'm like, what? This dude's got to be drunk. That's all I thought. He's got to be drunk, and he's texting someone. <laughs> I just like how he just automatically defaults to, like, all right, 2 a.m. text from Moxley. Moxley's got to be fucked up. Well, if so, fair if, play, I guess. If you've ever watched any of the old Total Divas when uh, Renee was on, the, uh, his bar is full of one brand of uh, whiskey, Jack Daniels. Full. It went I'm full, 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 like 20, 30 bottles. Oh, the man loves his Jack, to be certain. I also like that idea of, like, that's his way of ribbing people. We'll be like, yeah, you're wrestling me. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, get out of here. He's a whiskey Loser. guy. He's a whiskey guy. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Keep going. No, no, whiskey guys tend to be mean. That's neither here nor there. So anyways, we'll read a little bit more of this. It's a little bit lengthy, so I'll just kind of cut out here a little bit. But, uh, quote, he doesn't know that he's texting me, and then I wake up that morning. Chris Harrington was like, hey, can you be in Jacksonville on Friday? And I was like, oh, my God. Am I clear? And then Doc Samson texts me. He goes, yeah, you're clear right now. I was like, okay. He's like, soon as you get here, you have to get tested. So I got there. I test negative. I had antibodies, but I still had COVID the after effects. 
Butcher continued and described the conditions that he wrestled. He revealed the Young Bucks' reaction after the match. He revealed that what his mindset was after the match. Quote, it was 98 degrees that night. Butcher stated, my two singles matches with AEW, one was against Mox. It was 98 degrees with 100% humidity. Jesus. That was actually editorial for me. But anyways, then my match with Pac, it was 27 degrees that night. Two different extremes, but here's the thing. I got frustrated in a whole other way with that. Mox match, because I really wanted it, and I know that me and Mox would have great chemistry. And it was so easy to call that match. I didn't take anything into consideration. I didn't take the heat into consideration. I didn't take the fact that even though I didn't have symptoms of COVID, it still affected me. I was still fatigued. And I'm not making excuses, but it was a rough one. So there you go. And that's that's kind of so, crazy. Two matches, two only two singles matches that he had. 98 degrees with 100% humidity and then 27 degrees. And had COVID and was still wrestling. Mm-hmm. And that, and Taz was out there saying that WWE runs a sloppy shop. Well, he did say that he was clear. He said that he had that after effects. Yeah, but, uh, you know... It's COVID. I mean, I get it. It's COVID. Yeah, maybe it could have been a little safer. Yeah. A yeah, little. Right. A little. But, um, you know, yeah. Good to see. And I, I mean, I get what he's saying. He really wanted to have the match, and he wasn't 100%. You know, let's face it. If he talks to Tony, Tony will figure out a way to fit him back into the match again to give him a rematch. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll see that done. Okay. 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 So. <laughs> and I mean, to kind of be fair, and I mean, different circumstances, WWE kind of wasted no time to get getting Drew back out there, too. So this is right. kind of what happens. You're right. You're right. You're right. And they've got Doc Samson out there now. <laughs> Which, I mean, I'm sure he's 100% a very legitimate doctor, but there's like something about like the name Doc Samson. It just implies that he like, Either sells liquor or fried chicken, maybe both or suitcases. Yeah, just old Doc Sampson's good time cure all. <laughs> there you go. Like I can definitely picture Doc Sampson having an eye patch. Oh God, yeah. There you mm-hmm. go, like Hook. Oh yes, yeah, stuff. All right. Um, I'm looking here and. I don't think we got anything else, man. I think that about covers it. I think it does about cover it. So let's go ahead and knock this bad boy out. We'll go ahead and get the plugs done one more time. Oh, my God. Excuse me over there. All right. Let me go ahead and knock these out real quick. Get a little music. I did not hit volume on the music. That's interesting for me. No, it's right apart for the course. Anyway, I want you guys to check out the high marks. Cheese Man, Mojo, G-Wiz. Where are you going to check them out? Mixer.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. That's right. Two T's in Mitt when you type that. And when can you find them? Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, Mixer.com. That's Metal Mitt Network. Check them out here. And uh, also, I want you to check out Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blaze, the Inhuman Experience. Subscribe. Binge listen. You will not be disappointed. Find them on all the usual podcast platforms. 
the in human experience is what you're looking for. Get them, find them, listen to them. Of course, you've got everything on Scripted Podcast with Eric, Doug, Daniel, and a bunch of other guys over there. They can be found on all the usual podcast platforms and Blog Talk Radio. Stephen Milan's always sharing the show, and we always appreciate it. Find him reviewing movies on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D dot com slash Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. And you can get us on YouTube, you can get us on Anchor, you can get us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, Tune, Player FM, anywhere you find good podcasts. Let it go smart. Yes, sir. Monday's 8.30 on the Podcast Network. Be sure to check out Cheese on Sports with Cheese and Day. Sunday is 10.30 a.m. on the Metal Mint Podcast. Be sure to check out Modric City Machine Guns. And last but never least, you want to be sure to check out our friends at Planet Raccoon Tour. It's Planet Raccoon Tour Podcast with Bobby Anthem. Pop Davidson's here in the Yacht Nasty 16 episode of Season 2. Be subscribed, be prepared, be aware, be alert. There you go. All right. Be prepared and prepare to hear us more on Friday night. We'll figure out what we're doing. It's been just a crazy week. And like I said, we'll be back Sunday night live for WrestleMania night two. And uh, that's it. So thank you, downloaders. Thank you, chat room. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Smart. And Friday night right back here. See you. Take your drunken ass on. Oh, yeah!